Welcome to this podcast that is all about funding. From grants to crowdfunding, we will be talking with nonprofits, foundation representatives, federal consultants, passionate community members, and so forth from every angle of the funding community to see how they can get funded, what their challenges are, and what questions they have on securing funding. I will be answering questions and providing tips and advice on how to best move forward in securing funding for your nonprofit, research, or business. My name is Holly Rustic, and I am creator of Legal Consulting. That's writing, editing, grants, and organizational development. You can find me at www.wegogrants.com or www.hollyrustic.com, where you can also sign up and get free grant templates and get access to grant writing books and courses. As a grant writer for more than a decade, having managed grants for various organizations around the world, securing millions and millions of dollars for organizations, and being a federal reviewer, I have seen every side of the coin for funding. I'm excited to share information and try my best to answer any questions so you can increase your funding and organization to impact your community and the world at large. So let's get started because money can be groovy. Hey guys, welcome to 2018. This is our first podcast of 2018 for grant writing and funding and I'm Holly Rustic. I'm really excited about this podcast Um, and just because I'm getting such good feedback and a lot of people listening to it, we're going to go ahead and we're going to schedule a weekly podcast instead of every other week. So it's going to be really exciting and we have just a great series for you pretty much breaking it down into quarters. And in this first quarter, we're really going to look at how to do organizational strategic planning because that's what you're going to do in the beginning of the year. So we're going to give you some great templates and resources and just information on how you can get your organization really set up. Uh, And before I begin, I would just uh, encourage, I'm getting a lot of people watching the podcast, uh, please go ahead and leave a review, leave an honest review on iTunes or SoundCloud. Yeah, that would be great just to help the podcast so other people can find it and get information. Also, you can visit my website, wegogrants.com, to get some free resources. One more thing, the the new course that I just launched in December for grant writing, ooh, the grant writing system, how to write a winning grant is online. It is not at the $27 discount, the crazy insane discount any longer, but there will be a $47 fee for January and then it goes up to $97. So get it while you can. All right, that's also on my website, wegogrants.com. It's a great, there's a lot of different modules. It gives you lots of resources and you get the ebook, uh, Wish Granted, Tips, Tools, and Templates to Write a Winning Grant for free. Wow. So go ahead and get that while you can while it's on a discount for the first month of January because as we enter a new year, a lot of us really want to start, you know, new habits or we have goals and grant writing might be one of those for you. So I am offering that to you for this low discount. All right, guys, uh, here we go. Why your nonprofit must plan for the year. All right, and as we open up this year, this is the different things. Why? All right, hello, 2018. It's a new year and you are ready and organized with all your quarters outlined, projects in place, and all fundraising events set up, right? I mean, you know you will be when you are going to be applying for grants, have your calendar synced for all employees and board of directors, don't you? Hmm? You had an annual retreat and your board of directors know it's everything for the new year, right? Or like many nonprofits, you are starting 2018, stuck in survival mode, too busy to make time for planning, have been meaning to do some research, but you know, a little preoccupied, or don't even know 
where to start as things change quickly and constantly. All right, you might be in one of those categories, and like I said, like many organizations are. If this sounds like your organization, all right, sorry guys, I'm on YouTube too. If you guys wanna check out this channel, we go grant. Sorry, I'm so I'm gonna, moving this down for you. So if this sounds like your organization, like so many nonprofits, all right, the majority of nonprofits, then this article, this podcast, this whole thing is for you, all right? It is time to change the way that you've been operating and get organized and prepare for the new year so that your capacity and your revenue will increase. You want that, right? This podcast will change the life of your nonprofit. I mean it, guys. This is pure facts. After all, as Alan Lakin says, failing to plan is planning to fail, right? So you need to be planning. All right. It is so true. I have seen this failure happen with nonprofits again and again because they just don't plan and then life just happens and that's just what happens. So even as a person, you should be setting up what your goals, what your strategies, what your objectives are for the new year. Otherwise, you're just going to come to the end of the year, 2018, and you're going to say, oh man, I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. And it just didn't get done. But how do you have time for this luxurious planning when you've been, you know, on a perpetual shoestring budget, have inadequate staffing positions, put in 10-hour days, are sinking behind in major priorities of bookkeeping, providing services for beneficiaries, or just answering phones, right? How do you go from survival mode to thriving zone? How do we get there? All right, this podcast is going to tell you how to do that. And we're going to have nine steps. The first step, very simple, doesn't mean it's easy, very simple. Schedule your time for planning. All right, first off, you have to make the time to plan. The best way to ensure that you make the time is to actually schedule it. Yep, you might have to put in a Saturday morning, you might have to put in early morning sometime during the week for a breakfast meeting or, hey, a happy hour meeting. I mean, you might possibly need strong coffee or a strong drink to do this, but you can do it, all right? So, all right, you need to schedule it, though. But whatever you do, just make sure it happens, all right? As the old adage always says, we all have the same 24 hours in a day, and that is so true. We do, all right? It's just a fact. So stop reacting to what you feel is work-related emergencies and take responsibility for your time. Does that sound harsh? Well, it just is true, all right, guys? We all need to take responsibility for our time and our planning. Even though it takes time to do this, you will save thousands of hours chasing your own tail in a circle. Seriously, Brian Tracy, the author of Eat That Frog, fantastic author, he has a great quote. And his quote is, if you have a clear goal and plan to achieve it, your focus is fixed on a set course of action. Instead of becoming sidetracked by distractions and diversions, your time is focused on a straight line from start to finish. So you will save so much time by setting aside this time to plan. Two, you've set the time aside to actually do the planning, right guys? But what are you gonna do with that time? So the number two is have an agenda for your planning time. So okay, you have scheduled the time, people showed up, but then you shuffled your papers, went and got a coffee, while everyone got on their Instagram or Facebook or sent emails. And no one really knew, knew what to do with that time, so it was just wasted. Yeah, that could absolutely happen. And then you could be frustrated going, planning doesn't work. 
Well, that's not really true because you weren't planning. Okay, but here's some ideas how to outline your time to make it amazing and productive to maximize your planning. The format you really you are the format you use really depends on how much time you have and how much prep work you've already done. All right, so for example, have you already, you know, looked over your mission and vision review, your annual review? Have you done a SWOT analysis and that's your strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats? And have you examined everyone's why? If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can go and look at previous podcasts that we talk about each one of those in different podcasts. I mean, if that would be, I mean, that takes a little bit more time to do, but do it. It doesn't really need to take that long. But if you've already done that, obviously you wouldn't have that on your agenda right now. But if you haven't, then put it on your agenda. All right, so are you starting from ground zero? Either way, I'm putting together da, 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 a template agenda for you. Okay, so then you, you know exactly what to put on that agenda. And you can find that on my website, uh, wegogrants.com. Here's an example of what's included. As a reminder, the first three things, you can also listen to previous podcasts, like I just said. All right, so the first thing is what is your why? And we are going to briefly discuss these things, all of these things, so don't worry about it. Uh, your mission and vision review, your SWOT, and that's your strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats analysis. Evaluate what worked and didn't work for the previous year. And we're going to go over this actually in the next podcast, so you can stay tuned for that, but we're going to quickly discuss it here. Um, you're going to outline your goals, objectives, and your activities. Brainstorm and list all resources and partnerships. Take out a calendar and list down usual and new major events, such as fundraisers, crowdfunding, projected grants, that sort of thing. Make a list of all committees required to get each task done and schedule a monthly, at least a monthly, guys, review meeting of the plan. So those are your nine steps. What are you going to put in there? All right, so let's break it down. Number one, four questions to get your why. Why do we start with why? Well, first off, you need to know why uh, everyone is doing what they're doing. And it is also a really great way to see what people desire and how you can be better with others based on their priorities. So what about your organization's mission aligns with their personal why? So you might look at your mission and say, how does that align with my why? Are they passionate about that work of your organization? For a list of questions to find out what your why is and kind of investigate this a little bit is um, there's four questions. Number one, what is your main passion of you being connected to this organization? So, you know, are you on the board as a board member, as, a, you know, an employee or even as a beneficiary? Uh, number two, what are your strengths and, feel, and what do you feel you can contribute to the team? So just, this can just, you know, be a few things like this is what I bring to the table kind of a thing. Number three, what do you want to gain from your commitment to the organization? You know, this is all going to be different from different people. Some people, it's just a paycheck and some people it's, you know, they, they want to serve others. Um, some people, it's they want to get more experience uh, in the field. So there's just so many things, but it, it's really interesting when you find out what that why is when you can answer that for yourself. Why are you waking up in the morning and coming to this job? Number four, what change do you want to see by the end of the quarter or by the end of the year? So also, you know, everyone might not be happy with what's going on or they really want to see growth. Um, they want to see some changes. And this is a good way to share it because if you're not talking about it and asking these questions, they're really not going to be discussed. And there, there might be some conflict because people don't really understand values why, and, you know, other people's priorities. So it's a nice just to kind of open with this. 
Okay, number two, mission and vision review. Your mission and vision statement are essential to creating your credibility and directing the culture of your organization. And we talked about this a lot more in the podcast with uh, creating credibility and culture for your organization. If you're a part of a nonprofit and you need these, or you, you're going to need your mission and vision done anyways, but you still want to get your 501c3, but you still want to review these annually to say, do these still apply? Have we grown? Have we changed focus? Has there been external situations that have happened that influenced um, our target demographic possibly, and maybe our mission needs to change? So all of these things kind of need to be examined. So these aren't just fast, fancy words. They are statements that are the backbone to your organization. So why are these important? These statements are the backdrop to all your projects and will help direct what grants or funding you go after. If it doesn't fit into either your mission or vision, don't chase that funding. That's called chasing grants, chasing funding, right? So your mission statement, um, and just a, a quick review of this, is a mission statement describes what a company wants to do now. Here are three not-so-fancy questions you can ask to make sure that your mission statement is a good one. What do we do today? Why do we do it? And what is the benefit? It's pretty easy. So as long as you can answer those questions, it's pretty good. An example that I love to use, and you've seen this before if you've been following me, is uh, the increase and diffusion of knowledge. That is an example. And that is the Smithsonian Institute. See how it makes sense? It really does. It's um, They have all these great museums and, well, they have exhibits all over the world, but they have their main facilities in D.C., and it's just great to go to these great, huge institutes and museums, and, and they're sharing, they're increasing, and they're diffusing knowledge, so it's really cool. Your vision statement. A vision statement outlines where a company wants to be in the future, so it's kind of like your long-term goal, and the questions you can ask for that are, what are we trying to achieve, and how do we foresee getting there? When do we want to do it, and how do we want to do it? So if you're really, that's just your review. You can look at it, make sure that your mission and vision still line up with your priorities of what you want to do for the upcoming year. All right, guys, so the next one is the SWOT, and that's the Strength, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats Analysis. So you just examine your organizations, all of these, you know, different, these four different realms, and we do this analysis because it's very important to conduct an analysis of your current the current stage of your organization and establish where you want it to go. Every year, this could change and this should change what these things are. Some of them will, will remain the same, but you will have some new strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats uh, from external situations that face your nonprofit. So the SWOT is really best done together as a group. So either like maybe your board will do one together, your employees will do one together, and maybe your beneficiaries will even do one together. Um, and then you just have people facilitate each one. Or you could do it all, to, yeah, all in one group. Some people like to do it, you know, individually and then share. But I really like the group approach because it kind of stimulates thought and conversation. And it brings in, I think, more ideas. But basically what you do is you're just going to brainstorm different things. So you could all pull out a sheet of paper in, in little tiny groups and, you know, three to five people in a group and everyone sits there and they brainstorm, you know, what are the strengths of the organization? And then they go to the next table and it's a round robin and other people come to your table and they do strengths and you do weaknesses then and you're kind of already seeing what they've already written down. That could be something really simple or you could do it all at your table. You could, you know, shout it out. I've even done it where people, um, as the meeting's going on and we're having discussions I just say hey if you what things come up in your mind get up write it down on on the paper on the wall <laughs> you know what I mean so you can do that too just to kind of stimulate conversation and growth but just make sure that you do take time to kind of do this SWOT analysis 
All right, number four, evaluation of what worked and uh, what worked and what didn't work. And your SWOT analysis, you will highlight what worked and didn't work in the previous year, sort of through your strengths and your weaknesses. But this is important as it allows your team to further examine why and center in-depth conversation for future planning. So it's through this dialogue where you say what worked, what didn't work, and then you can look at what are the challenges, what contingencies can we actually put into place to mitigate those challenges, and what were the major wins, like what worked and why. So those are some great things that you can look at because you want to leverage what worked. You know, maybe it was something that you didn't plan on working, but it happened, and you want to make sure that you look at that and you really reflect on it and you can implement that. Or things that you thought would work, and man, it just it fell apart, it went sideways. So you really need to, you know, put a contingency in place to make sure that it doesn't happen again or change the strategy. So we will look at this in a little more depth in the next podcast. Number five, outline your goals, objectives, and activities. Now that you've done your SWOT and identified what your major challenges and successes were in 2017, it's time to move into 2018. What are your overarching goals, objectives, and activities to be completed? And as a goal, there are many ways to identify your goal or goals. You can have more than one, but one simple way is to look at your need and flip it around to create your goal. For example, you may have a nonprofit that is a school that serves deaf and hard of hearing children. Your major need in the last year was not enough funds for technical equipment. So your goal for 2018 could be to increase the funding for your organization by 200% in order to meet the needs of your students. It's broad, but it's also specific, right? So it ties into the need. Your objective then underneath, so you think the goal is like this huge uh, umbrella and the objective is kind of like the next kind of step underneath. Your objectives, um, maybe one of them, you know, it's like this ladder, right? So you have a stepping point, but your, your objective is very smart as well, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. And this could be by December 31st, 2018, our school will have secured $120,000 in grant funds to supply 100 new computers and other technical required equipment to serve 500 students. I don't really know about the technical equipment, but or the pricing or anything, this is just an example, but I, this is very specific. It's, uh, and it's also measurable because what are you going to get? Well, you're going to secure 120,000 and we're going to say that 120,000 equals out to 100 computers and technical equipment that's required. It's achievable. We'll say it's achievable because you can go after grants, you can go after funding and do fundraisers for this. Um, and it's really a need. It, it serves a need. It's relevant um, because it serves a need that you had in 2017 and it's time bound by the end of the year. This is what you're going to achieve. So that is an example. And then, of course, so if we're looking at that big umbrella or that big ladder, you know, the goal is the big overarcher, the objective is underneath it, and then all the activities are underneath each objective. And then you can have sub-activities, too. Um, in this initial meeting that you're having, you might just get to your main activities, and that's absolutely fine. And you're going to add to these as you do your follow-up meetings. That's great. Just that's fine but you want to have some direction at least. So your activities are a breakdown of your objective. You would list activities and, like I said, even sub-activities for each objective. It's important to include for your activities. Just don't write, okay, this needs to be done. But um, I have actually given you a chart, yay, that you can get online um, on this episode. 
on wegogrants.com because um, you want to keep this timeline with you. And this is really important to have the activities, a column for activities, a column for the person responsible or the committee responsible, and then a deadline. So this is really important to have that deadline. So there's an example. I'm just going to read one of these examples, but there's a whole bunch of examples in the template. One example could be you're going to, the main activity is going to be apply for SAMHSA grant that is due in July. The people responsible would be the executive director, the grant lead, the grant coordinator, the accountant, and an ASL expert. And let's say your deadline then, because this is due in July, so your deadline is June. So that would be one thing. You might list other grants, of course, that you would go after. You might list a fundraiser, so you're going to conduct an annual fundraiser in April, and that's going to be the fundraiser committee who's responsible, and the deadline is they're going to meet weekly starting January 15th. So here you go. Um, these are different things that you can have in place um, just to be able to reach that $120,000. What are all the different steps that you need to take? But make sure you do put deadlines on it to be able to relook at that. And to actually have some kind of, you need to have some kind of accountability in your, your timeline, your deadline and follow-up meetings would be that accountability to actually get those activities done. Okay, great. Number six, you're going to brainstorm and list all resources and partnerships. The next step is to make a list of all resources your organization has, including partnerships. For example, how many computers, vehicles, facilities, etc. does your organization have? Then list how many grants, funds, and donations that your organization is due to receive in 2018, i.e. what is your cash flow? Don't count on potential funding, such as grants that are competitive that you will apply for, but maybe you might include the grants that are reoccurring, like you have a three-year uh, grant and this is the third year of your grant and you will be getting another $100,000 this year or whatnot. Include that. Or even you can include, you know, if you're having these annual fundraisers and every fundraiser every year, you normally receive about $20,000. So you could definitely put that in there too. Because it's a projected budget, but you don't want to put things like, we're going to apply for a grant that's $500,000, so we're going to put that in our budget. That's not a for sure thing. It's, but if you already have a recurring grant, that's, that's a little bit more for sure. That's a little more cash flow. You can also include in here if you have products or services that you sell and estimate what you earn on an annual basis, just so you can really look at your budget and all of the resources that you have. Next, include a list of all partnerships and what they can offer. For example, maybe a company is willing to give your nonprofit a substantial discount in rental costs. Figure out what resources you can leverage. So this is the point where you say, here's our partners, and now we want to say, what other partners could we, we find? What other resources could we get? you know, that aren't necessarily grant related um, or funding related, but they could be more in-kind, like those services that are provided that will help, you know, mitigate your expenses. So um, that's a great thing to do is, is to really get involved in those kind of in-kind services from your partners. And finally, figure out what you think you will need for the new year. So now that you kind of see what's going to come in, but then you also know what your need is because you've identified your goal and your objectives, right, and your activities. You kind of know what you need. So let's make a new budget that I'm saying, hey, this is what we're going to need, though. So according to your existing resources and partnerships, are you able to meet that need? Are there any gaps? So you know what you're going to estimate getting for the new year. Uh, you know what you need. Is, is there a huge difference? Because if there is, I mean, that's okay. That's some of your, that's where you're going to really articulate your objectives and your activities to increase that. So 
in our example, uh, 100 new computers and technical equipment are needed, and the total amount is $120,000. This is specific. Figure out maybe if any existing resources or partners can supply anything you need. Are there tech companies that are donating computers that you may still be able to use? Start brainstorming a little bit. This will give your organization focus for the new year and also develop some easy solutions that don't include writing 50 page plus grants that may not get awarded. All right, so we really want to be able to say, who can we leverage? Leverage, leverage, leverage. All right, so then you want to take out, so number seven, take out a calendar and list any usual and new major events such as fundraisers, crowdfunding, or projected grants. Now that you know what you need to get to your goals, it is time to schedule it. You may have started to, ske you may have started to schedule this already when you listed your activities or the part of the session that will allow you to you know, detail your activities, but you want everyone to have a calendar even if it's just a rough draft for the entire year. The secret is to section your calendar off into quarters and look at your overall goals and objectives and figure out what you need to achieve each in each quarter to achieve the overarching annual goals and objectives. So that's one way you can kind of break it down so it's not so like everything's by December 31st because if everything's by December 31st, then you're going to enter October going, oh my gosh, we've gotten nothing done. Um, possibly. So you don't want to necessarily do that. You really want to look at what can we do this quarter to reach some goal? What is our goal for this one? And then each quarter, you're kind of knocking it down. So by December 31st, 2018, it's not so overwhelming. You've had a lot of different things already finished that have, you know, compiled to reach that, that year-end goal. So this is also important to have this calendar as it will help everyone be on the same page and to stay focused. By looking at the calendar, you may find that two fundraiser events are too close to one another and they, they may be, there may be another major event going on in your community at the same time. So you could arrange strategically to complement the event or maybe you want to change and push back your event completely because you know you're going to be competing with the same sponsors within, within a similar organization. These are things to really look at. And when you have that kind of visually in front of you, you can kind of all do that together. That's nice. Okay, and number eight, make a list of all committees required to get each task done. Now it's time to get those committees in place. You may already have them in place and that would be great, but you may have to develop them. Make sure everyone knows which committee they are that complements their skills though because they may hate the committee they're on already, or they may want something different. You know, you really wanna, if you have a millennial that loves social media, you may put them in the public relations and the media or the media marketing committee. It really depends on what skills that you bring to the table, what you wanna learn, and then you can let your staff really lead in different areas. And that, you know, just it gives them some ownership of something and it really gives them ability to advance their abilities. I mean, and I strongly recommend giving out awards to your committee members when they reach their goals and objectives for each quarter, um, even if it's just bragging rights, because it's kind of fun to have a little healthy competition up <laughs> here, just, you know, some kind of, they know that they can celebrate their, their wins, um, even if it's take everyone out for ice cream, you know, whatever you do, it's just a nice way to always show that you value people and that you're really watching what they do, because that... You know, you don't want it to be like all this extra work, but at the same time, if 
if you dump somebody, say, hey, you're on a committee, you know, it's June, say this is June, and you have a fundraiser coming up in August, and all of a sudden you say, hey, can you lead this fundraiser committee? And it's, then it's overwhelming. But if you start from the beginning of the year, you have your calendar out, everybody knows the objectives, everyone knows the activities, they know that they're meeting every week. It's just, it gives you the ability to really um, not feel so overwhelmed uh, as an employee and to to really be able to focus on your other work as well, to know how to kind of manage your time. All right, and number nine, so schedule a monthly at least, and I did mention weekly because I, I think weeklies are good, but we're going to talk about why in a second. Okay, so schedule a monthly at least review meeting of planning. So I know you're on fire now that you've done your planning and finally feeling control of your year instead of responding to it, but don't make the fatal error of not scheduling a follow-up meeting. Then you will have no accountability and it will just have been wasted time. All right, so all those deadlines don't mean squat. There's no accountability to them. Make sure you schedule a meeting, even if it's just 30 minutes to an hour, like I would say an hour of your meeting monthly, 30 minutes, even 20 if you're meeting weekly to get those status updates. So short weekly meetings of 30 minutes are better, like I mentioned, as it will really hold people accountable. You can have fun with these meetings too. For example, like serve ice cream to everyone who reached their weekly goals. But don't make these weekly meetings or monthly or any meetings drag on for hours. Otherwise, no one has time to actually do their activities, right? So they're going to be, then they're not going to be reaching their goals. Um, So these, I mean, you can even have like, okay, we're going to time you. You got two minutes and this fun little bell goes off, whatever, just to report. Uh, And then at the end say, okay, let's give some feedback. Is there any ideas? Like if I had this challenge because I didn't reach my goals, can you guys help me out here? Why didn't I? So... Or just, hey, celebrate my wins. So it's pretty cool. So, But you want to be able to really use your time well. Those are the nine items. So there you go, guys. That's the nine items that you can put on your planning for the beginning of the year. And you might even want to break it down to one item per week for nine weeks to take more time for discussion. Or take an entire work weekend just to work on this. Um, It really depends how you're set up. But even if you take a few hours early one morning and do this and then follow up monthly, it really will change your year for the better. I want to hear back from you guys on how this impacted your organization. So definitely we are going to be going more in depth about strategic planning throughout the next several episodes. Throughout part, mostly, most of this quarter, we're really going to be talking about it and breaking all these things down for you and adding some more things, um, giving you templates, giving you resources, just really getting your organization organized and ready to really implement all of their projects Um, And then next, we're going to be talking about, you know, how to get the money for all your different projects. But first, you need to get organized, guys. That is it. That is the podcast for today. I know it was a little bit longer than usual, but I really want to give you guys the resources to go into 2018 and just get set up so you guys can earn money, you can make an impact in your community, you can reach out to people, and just you guys can really kind of breathe and not just be responding to those virtual fires that always seem to be happening happening <laughs> so anyways guys um if you have any questions as usual uh send me an email at hollywego at gmail.com check out my website grantwritingandfunding.com or wegogrants.com for more information for resources and all that jazz um so you can really impact your community in a good way and the world at large all right guys i'll see you next time take it easy Bye bye